Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you so much for tuning in to Stand Up For The Truth. And as always, because we are censored and shadow banned on Facebook and various social media outlets and platforms, we thank you for sharing the podcast. If you get our email, uh, the Weekly Watchman, we thank you for forwarding that to a couple friends that might be interested. That's how we're getting out there, and we thank you guys so much for your support and your prayers. Um, can't wait to get to uh, Jelaine Appling today, talk about a lot of things that are going on, not just in Wisconsin, but across the country. And uh, we've got to open in prayer real quick. Lord God, thank you for another day, and thank you, God, that you've given us purpose because you've saved us, you chose us to go and bear fruit that would last. And we know that that is eternal, Lord. That means uh, things we do and say have eternal consequences in the lives of other people. So help us be the the salt and light that we are called to be by Jesus and help us to not be ashamed of the gospel, to to not worry about a man's approval, but your approval, Lord. We look to you and help us to seek first the kingdom of God. As hard as it is with all the distractions and the chaos in our current culture. Um, We know, Lord, you're a sovereign and you are allowing this season, and we know the end. We know Bible prophecy tells us that uh, so many things are going to happen. Prepare the hearts of your people, God. Increase our faith for the days ahead, and help us to rejoice because we're getting closer to the return of Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Well, we're blessed to have Jelaine Appling back with us today from Wisconsin Family Council and Wisconsin Family Action. She's been traveling a little bit, and she's on the road. Jelaine, thank you for checking in with us this morning. Oh, it's always a pleasure. Thank you, David. I just enjoy hearing you pray, and um, great. I'm very grateful for all the work you folks are doing off Q90. And I want the, everybody to know that the Q Drive needs their support. Yes, that's next week, by the way. And um, we do want to, we, we're not going to rest on any assumptions and get comfortable, but we, no, God has moved on people to the point that records are being broken as far as the amount of pledges we're getting. People from across the country are, who listen online, who download the podcast, for example, they are pledging their support. They are making donations already, and our fundraiser is next week. We are already past 60-some percent of the goal, and uh, Q Drive kicks off next Tuesday. So praise God for that. Thank you guys for your donations, your prayers. And, Jelaine, before we get into the topics today, and we're going to start with censorship, um, you went down to Mayo for a second opinion on uh, can't, the cancer in your shoulder, they want you to have surgery. You've heard from a couple doctors, but you're uh, getting more information. Could you just give us an update on where that's at? Sure. And just thank you, David, for uh, the prayers of the team there at Q90 and for those who are amongst the listening audience who prayed. Um, if I had my way, nobody would have ever known about this, but my board usurped by <laughs> authority. Good, good for them. <laughs> but... Um, you know, about two and a half years ago, I had a pretty, a very tentative uh, diagnosis of what would be a rare cancer in my left shoulder. They called it, uh, I was at Freighter in Milwaukee. They called it a carcinosarcoma. And we did a round of radiation in October of 2018. And then their only answer subsequent to the radiation as they do follow up MRIs and stuff is surgery, surgery, surgery. And if they do the surgery, they want to take out a bone, the chromium bone, um, that once it's gone, it's n- it's never been successfully replaced. Mm. There's no material, as I understand it, strong enough or right that lasts to replace that bone. And so it would be a major reconstruction of my muscles and by, you know, just messing up my shoulder even more. Mm. And so uh, the, they watched three spots. And in January, the three spots, if you look back to November of 2018, to January of 2021, there has been noticeable growth in the three spots, but 
that's again, we had an inconclusive diagnosis. And so I work with a functional medicine physician as well, who has been really aggressive with me on treatment with supplements and things to get my immune system strong and, you know, do everything I can to fight the cancer. And we decided that really before I make a decision about this kind of surgery, I need a second opinion to see if we can get something conclusive. So um, Freighter and my functional medicine physician and I made a decision to go to Mayo. And I was there Monday and Tuesday of this week. And I'm telling you, David, there was just no question Hmm. by the uh, medical oncologist that we met with. And that was, this is what they call invasive basal cell carcinoma. And so essentially what it is, is it's a skin cancer. It's the, if you gotta have cancer, it's really the best kind of cancer to have. Um, it, it went too long without being treated for me. So it got inside my shoulder rather than staying on my skin. Hmm. And it's now, it's now getting a little more invasive in the tissues and in the bone which means that, you know, we need to do something. But they were, in fact, I'll just tell you, the guy, the one guy said, this will not kill you, you will die with it, but you will not die from it. And wow. so it's very much, it's very much located in my shoulder. Everything, every test that I had that would have shown metastasis was very clear. And so now we're, I'm going back in early May for three days to meet with um, some other experts to determine now the best course of action to get this thing under control. It could be surgery, it could be more radiation, but more likely, at this point anyway, they think it will be some kind of, of, a, of an, uh, what they call a targeted oral chemo. Okay. So um, that's where we are and appreciate the prayers of people that we make the right decision and that the team has the right path laid out for me. Yes. But I'm, I'm in a good place. I've not been sick with this. It's annoying, it gets, it's, over time it's gotten uh, less, mo- less mobile and more painful. So that's what kicked this into high gear. Okay. Well, we will continue to keep you in our prayers. Jelaine, uh, your work is so important, and um, you've got to keep going, sister. And we appreciate your, your perseverance and just all the things that you do. Um, before we get into some of the topics that we had uh, at least discussed that we were going to uh, tackle today, <laughs> um, I do a weekly video, most of the listeners already know this, over at Freedom Project Media, uh, freedomproject.com is the website and last week's uh video on the black lives matter uh, the, the leaders you know spending all that money buying four houses for 3.2 million dollars that went viral and i don't remember what the final it was over like 140,000 views um but this this week i did one and i'm surprised it wasn't banned or censored on facebook because i did quote the new york post article that was banned and censored but this week, just yesterday, Facebook, I'm sorry, uh, Freedom Project released a video and it was banned on YouTube. YouTube immediately took it down. And uh, the, I've got the copy of the email that said, YouTube community guidelines, um, our team has reviewed your content. Unfortunately, we think it violates our medical misinformation policy. We removed the following content from YouTube and the video is called, What Science Are We Supposed to Believe? It says, YouTube does not allow content that spreads medical misinformation that contradicts the United Nations, I mean the World Health Organization, or local health authorities about COVID-19. Now, what I did was I quoted, cited, a Stanford University study. Now, this is not exactly a moderate institution out there on the left coast. So I quoted the Stanford study, and they actually apparently got it from a government website and so this is an actual scientific study. It was posted at the National Center for Biotechnological Information, but because the study concluded that um, masks are not effective in preventing the spread of COVID-19, of course, that doesn't go along with the narrative. Regardless of the fact is that Stanford, regardless of the fact it's a scientific study, they banned it on YouTube, and Facebook will do the same. So Freedom Project on Facebook had to change the title just so at least it could get some plays. I don't remember uh, what they – I'm looking for the title they used. But it's something pretty benign. Oh, like new, new Stanford study gets no coverage in media. That's all they said. They didn't say what, 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 you can't use the word masks. You can't use the word Fauci. Um, Anyway, which to some people now, it's, it's basically a four-letter word, uh, Fauci. But anyway, Jelaine, um, have you dealt with censorship? 
to some degree. I should say to what degree has Wisconsin Family Council or Wisconsin Family Action dealt with censorship or deep platforming on social media? Well, you know, David, this is interesting. Um, back in 2005 and six, when we were doing the marriage amendment here, we actually probably experienced the very first type of the censorship hmm. ever. And, and uh, the Wausau Daily Herald declined to run a very benign ad the Sunday before the election on the marriage amendment. Um, we had truck advertising set up. It was wraparound advertising, and it was just vote, vote a marriage, one man, one woman. And um, they took. we already had paid for it. We already had a down payment. They declined it. We had a web designer who called us and said, you know what? We have to drop you as a client because we function out of, we run out of Madison and our other clients are saying, if we continue to work for you, that they'll drop us and we can't afford that. Wow. And so, I mean, we were centered right there. So we're very used to this. We look for database, a, you know, a cloud-based database. We've been denied several times um, opportunities to have, a, a, you know, contracts for a database because of that. So on social media, we do are very, very active on social media. Um, we do post controversial things. We have had some censorship. Um, obviously, during the elections, they censored a lot of our ads. We had a very difficult time getting our ads out there. Uh, we've had to figure out, like like Freedom Project just did, David, and really this is part of it. What is the headline that you're running? Mm -hmm. You know, that's part of it. So, yeah, but look, what, what we have going on right now is these extremely well-heeled, extremely profitable, for-profit social media, most social media moguls telling all of us what is truth mm. that's essentially yes, what they're doing exactly and, you know and now they're saying okay now we are also the arbiters of what is medically accurate How, mm. since when do the people who run these social media platforms have the background to tell us that this science is better than that science these people are more reliable and trustworthy than the other people this, this, is, uh, this is mind control, this is message control, um, this, is, this is everything that we've known was coming. Yes. And, and honestly, if we're honest with ourselves, we've known we were going this direction. Mm -hmm. and, and COVID has set this country up for the government to be able to, at the government level, and then the trickle down into the social media platforms where these people are really just um, arms divisions, subdivisions of our government at this point um, to, to be able to be complicit yeah. in censoring anything that goes against what the message is they want so they can control my activity, my mind, my emotions, my, you know, everything, my belief system. That's, yeah. that's what this is about. Yes. I mean, if this isn't a setup for just I think it's beyond socialism. Socialism is looking pretty benign compared to where we're going. Yes. You know? We need to remember the Great Reset and what we've been learning. This is about yeah. globalism. It's about taking down, destroying America. Uh, President Donald Trump was a threat because he said that America will never be a socialist or a globalist nation. And boy, did he trigger uh, the right people. But anyway, this this it was a perfect storm last year. Censorship, like you said, you're going back 15 years yep. when we're talking about there was censorship locally and, and well in the public schools and local newspapers or media. We knew the mainstream media were already going that way. It's a worldview war. They, globalism is the, the goal. So they've learned how to use Black Lives Matter to divide. They learned how to use COVID to now control people. And boy, we're seeing that in so much of this propaganda and masks are one of the divisive issues. One more thing before we get on to some other topics, Julian, I just pulled this up at Newsbusters about climate fear propaganda. The new Time magazine, which I hope you guys don't read Time, the new cover story exploits the pandemic to say climate is everything. And it's got a picture. It says how the pandemic can lead us to a better, greener world. So they're using 
a virus. They're using a crisis. They're never letting a good crisis go to waste. They're using that to gain more control, to m- more regulation, uh, and all this propaganda. It's, it's coming from the UN. It's coming from globalists, you know, Bill Gates, Dr. Fauci. And so whenever you speak against them, you are either a conspiracy theorist or a right-winger or, or whatever. Uh, so, Jelaine, censorship is not going away, and it just now it's on steroids because of the coronavirus. But let's talk about a couple of other issues that uh, we really need to address today. And uh, one of them, I'll start out. First of all, before we do that, you were in Rhinelander last night. Tell us uh, what you talked about and how that went, that uh, meeting you had in Rhinelander. And I think we just lost Jelaine Appling. Are you you still there? Yep, I'm here. Okay, it cut out briefly. Okay, yeah. We're back with good good reception here. So uh, we're doing a series of events. This is like our 10th or 11th event since mid-February called Time to Roll Up Our Sleeves. It's we're going local, not loco. We're going (laughs) local. Okay. Um, I joke and say we've been to the loco and back. So, you know, that's okay. (laughs) But, but look, if there's anything we've learned over this last year with all this COVID on steroids, you know, and and I'm not going to say COVID on steroids, the the government takeover on steroids, I guess. Their reaction Um, to it. it, It's really the, the, the game we have to get into is the local government. First of all, it's a very manageable level of government. Secondly, it's a level of government where we can have the most impact. It's also the level of government where that has the most impact on us. And so uh, Rhinelander was our last scheduled one uh, for right now. Um, but we're, we're trying to get people to organize at the local level. You know, David, just a quick example of what can happen negatively is after Scott Walker became governor and he controlled the executive branch and the Republicans had both uh, houses of the state legislature. The liberals realized the only place they had any hope was to go to city councils and school boards and town and village boards and county boards and start cherry picking off seats there so that they could gain control. And they did it and they've done it for over a decade now. Hmm. And so we've watched them flip entire local from conservative to liberal by whispering in their ear you don't want to be on the wrong side of history it's about equality it's about fairness you don't want to be hateful blah 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 the uh, antithesis that of that though happened in this last election cycle if you watch what happened in wausau they're a great example they had four seats available on their wausau school board normally you would only have three but they'd had a resignation so there were four open seats only two incumbents ran two Hmm. one was liberal very liberal and the other was conservative and then a trio of newcomers came together and said we're going to run as a kind of the three musketeers we're going to be a lockstep we're going to message we're going to raise money we're going to you know we're going to get out there and we're going to ask people to vote for us as a group and when that election cycle was over a couple of weeks ago here in wisconsin the conservative incumbent won, and the three newcomers that are conservative won, and they flipped the wausau school board in one election cycle from liberal to conservative and the very, very liberal incumbent who had been the president of the school board lost. She came in tied for dead last out of the slate of candidates. Now, David, there's an important message there. We are talking about COVID. We're talking about government control. We're talking about how the, um, the, the, this COVID and the conspiracy. And, And you know what? I work with people who tell me all the time, you're giving them too much credit, Jelaine. You're thinking that they're masterminding this at the highest levels. Here's what I think. Satan is masterminding this at the highest levels. Mm -hmm. I don't know that the people who are actually doing this have all the pieces pulled together. They're capitalizing for sure on every opportunity they've had. But, David, we know (laughs) people can make a difference one community at a time by starting to take control over their city councils and their school boards and and, and the time to organize is now. So we're going to be doing the next step in this is we're going to be doing a series of training sessions around the state for how people can get involved, how to run for office. Uh, we're going to give them some campaign training and candidate training and organization training, how to just all kinds of things. And then we're going to do an online toolkit that's in the process of being finished, I hope, within the next couple of weeks okay. um, in writing how to do this. So, you know, I, I laugh and I tell the people at the end of these things, two things. Number one, I ask, how do you eat an elephant? And everybody knows the answer to that question, right? One bite at a time. And secondly, I say, look, we are not asking you to go slay dragons in the big bad world. 
we're asking you to kill a few lizards in your backyard. Mm-hmm. That's doable. One bite at a time. The local level, we've got to get more involved. Friends, don't give up. Jelaine Appling is our guest today. When we come back, we're going to talk about some deeper issues like conversion therapy, the marijuana issue, protecting women's sports, and the FDA-approved abortion pill plus critical race theory on Stand Up For The Truth. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. On Tuesday, our guest on the podcast was Stephen Black, director of First Stone Ministries. We discussed the cultural lies about homosexuality being, quote, born that way. And we also talked about his experience with counseling and what some people call conversion therapy. Jelaine Appling, you wanted to speak to this issue, and I know you've dealt with it. Where uh, It's amazing how even counseling someone who's confused about their sex uh, or, or sexual preferences, uh, even counseling is now looked at as a, a bad thing, right? Don't even counsel them because we're trying to convert them to Christianity. They're framing this in a negative way, of course, the media and the Democrats. But what can you tell us about your experience about the issue of conversion therapy? Well, first of all, I want to make sure people understand that this is an all-out assault on religious freedom. Yeah. And, and, and that, that is a fundamental truth that we don't like to think about, but that in order to advance this insidious liberal agenda, David, they have to silence those who oppose it. Yeah. Who opposes it? We oppose it as believers because it becomes it is an affront to a holy God. It is an affront to to the principles, precepts, and commandments and teachings of God's holy word, the infallible and errant word of God. And when we have the unmitigated gall to speak up against these things and run against the current culture and, you know, and we're counterculture, they see that as being very bad, um, very negative to their advancing their agenda. So, So conversion therapy is they try to say we are using shock therapy and electro, you know, uh, uh, coercion and bullying and intimidation and all of that. It's lies. It's lies yeah. because, look, you and I and any other believer out there would never agree with that. We would never agree that that is appropriate for any counselor to do in any situation. What they So they try to frame it in the worst sense so that they can eliminate the thing that really bothers them which is biblical counseling, where good Christian counselors offer real hope and real help to people who are struggling with, with their same-sex attraction or gender confusion. Because when, when you actually have someone who comes out of that, like the, your guest from earlier this week, okay, that, that, <laughs> that destroys the lie yep. that they've been purporting. Mm-hmm. And they can't handle that. So, so conversion therapy, their approach has been across the country, we've certainly seen it here in Wisconsin, is to, first of all, go after minors. To, at the local level, David, is where they've gone. They've gone to local municipalities and passed ordinances, not just here in Wisconsin, but all across this country, saying that it is illegal within a certain municipality for anyone to do anything other than affirm, help, and encourage a, a minor who is struggling with same-sex attraction or gender confusion to continue down that path. Yeah. So, so they usually don't have a religious exemption. They've tried to be cute about it and say, well, it's only a paid licensed therapist. But you know what? I know a lot of people who are Christian counselors who are paid licensed therapists and counselors who would fall under these things. Now, there was a very interesting court case, federal court case, down in southern Florida that just popped up, their decision just popped up late last fall. And basically that court, actually a, a counselor, brought a freedom of speech challenge against that kind of ordinance there in Southern, in two municipalities in Southern Florida. And the federal court said, I, we agree, this is abridging your freedom of speech. And, and not to mention the religious freedom of the clients, the religious freedom of any practitioner. Hmm. And so we're, what we're seeing is, uh, we're seeing that in America, this attempt to shut down our religious faith, to shut down um, good counseling that actually offers hope and help to people, 
And um, we're getting it set up to go to the Supreme Court, to be honest with you, here in this country. Now, we have these all over Wisconsin, and there's efforts to uh, pass state law that would ban it for everyone, not minors, just for everyone. So the other thing I want to point out, though, and this is, I just, I, I heard yesterday that the United Kingdom under Tony Blair is trying to pass a nationwide ban on conversion therapy to the point, David, that they are even talking about how it is not appropriate for pastors to counsel people on these issues. It's not appropriate for people to pray with a client about, you know, getting, getting biblical instruction and biblical direction for, for help for these issues. Now, so now they're telling us, and notice where this is going. And by the way, I remember years ago, someone telling me that England and Europe stay about 20 years ahead of us on going more liberal socially. Interesting. Well, the gap's closed. I think it's somewhere between five and 10 years now. Probably less. So whatever's <laughs> going, yeah, or less. So we look at England and UK and we say, okay, what's going there? And we can be sure it's going to be here in a couple of years, maybe, right? Mm-hmm. But basically the federal government, the national government in England is beginning to say to churches, you don't get to pray even with these people. And you can, that, could be, that could be a crime. Now, Tony Blair is trying to backpedal a bit on that, but the left in England is pushing back and saying, no, I think the term was pernicious prayer. Ah. That, that, yeah. So listen, to the, to the people who are listening to your podcast today, I am imploring them to understand we, we are, number one, David, you and I are the kind of people when we, we, we would be ridiculously ignorant to not speak truth, right? I mean, yeah. we, we have to document what we say. We have to know it's accurate. And, and if anybody doubts what we're saying, just do some Google searches. Just go out there and, and you'll see it for yourself. Second thing I would say is we need to start interacting at the local level to roll back some of these, these I'll call them pernicious policies and so that we can have freedom of religion so people can get true help and hope. Um, because conversion therapy is not the evil things they've been talking about. It is talk therapy. It's usually used by Christians, and it is the only answer to helping helping people wrestle with the emotional and mental psychological difficulties that don't allow them to accept the biological realities that God gave them in His creative design. That's the issue. Yeah. How are they going to be set free if they're not allowed to even mention the truth? And as you said, truth is being redefined. And we're talking about these, what we might call surface issues that are affecting our culture today, Julaine. But we all know, most of us know, these are worldview issues. It's a worldview without God. They are trying to do everything they can to eradicate God and the Judeo-Christian ethic and influence that's in America that was part of our founding as a nation. That's why there's so much angst and hatred and these, this attack on our founding doc, on the Constitution, and of course on the Christianity that has been so influential in America's development. But of course, uh, in the last 50 years, they're just trying to wipe it out of society. So um, we need to move on to the next issue because we're, we're just really uh, have so much to talk about yet. When you mentioned, uh, were you done with the conversion therapy and explaining that? Sure. Okay. Just make sure people understand it. Yes, yes. And go to uh, the marijuana issue next because this is something that we have not spent a lot of time on here on the podcast on Stand Up for the Truth. But uh, as we before we got on the air, we talked about five or six states already have it legalized, and they're going to move to do this around the country. But what can you tell us about? It's a concerning issue because it is a gateway drug. And what are your thoughts, Julaine? Well, first of all, David, the reason I wanted to talk about it is. I have just found so many diverse opinions on this amongst Christians. Hmm. And I'm going to tell you that I think that this is something where emotion really clouds judgment. All right. We find that a lot these days. Well, yeah. (laughs) I, I use the expression before we went on the air, we are now a people who react according to the seat of our emotions, not by the seat of our intellect. Feelings and, over you know, facts, yeah. You know, it's a very, very dangerous place to be. Because I have people come to me constantly in Wisconsin and say, why aren't you supporting medical mar- the legalization of medical marijuana? Why are, you, why are you making it hard for people who 
are using small amounts of marijuana for recreational purposes. We're just filling our jails and blah, blah, blah. I mean, that's a story that's all across the country. It's not unique to Wisconsin at all, right? And the story I always get on the medical side is, even from medical professionals, I know so many people who get relief from pain for, for medical, they use medical marijuana and they can't get relief from anything else. So, all right, I'm a cancer patient. I'm learning what it means to have chronic pain, right? <laughs> um, you know, with this, with this shoulder, even though I'm in a good position, right? Mm -hmm. And, and so, uh, I would not use medical marijuana for any reason because I do know it's a gateway drug. I don't need any other vices in my life. I don't need to do anything that puts me on a path of becoming an, having an addiction to anything. All right. So, but here's my, here's my, my thinking on this. If medical marijuana is so good, why doesn't the FDA authorize it as a legitimate drug? Now, I'm beginning that, that argument is beginning to resonate with different officials across the country. If this thing is so good and so safe, then let's bring it in under the auspices of the FDA, regulate it, put it through the pharmacist, sell it, and then we don't have the black market. Because one of the things that happens, and I hope people understand this, David, the argument that the people who want to completely legalize marijuana for both medicinal and recreational purposes is if you do this, you'll take out the black market. You go look at any state where, the, where this has already happened, where the legalization has happened, and you will see that the black market did not go away. And in fact, in most cases, it got worse hmm. and is worse. And it, it, it's, it's inevitable yes. when, you, when you do this. Now, like right now in Wisconsin, just so people understand, because this is not, again, this isn't unique to Wisconsin. No matter what state you live in, you ought to be checking what's happening with your state legislature. Number one, they're trying to decriminalize possession and use of a small amount of marijuana in, in Wisconsin right now. It's up uh, 10 ounces or less. They want to take it from a, a mis from a felony to a misdemeanor. And it doesn't matter how many times you do that. You can keep accruing all those misdemeanors and it doesn't amount to anything. They're just a hundred dollar per fine, uh, per incident fine. But the governor has put into our budget here a complete legalization of it, medical and uh, recreational. And so, look, this comes with a cost. It comes with a public cost to the people of the state where we legalize it. One of the things that's happened in Illinois, Dave, David, is that they've started seeing more traffic accidents attributable to people driving under the influence of marijuana. Interesting. Now, yeah. these kinds of things add up in actual money, okay? Money that the taxpayers are have to foot. Yes. They are, they're the ones that are, take, that are bearing this. But you're also going to see an increase in addictions, and then you're going to see people move off those, off the gateway drug of marijuana, and then we're going to have an even worse problem with the hard drugs. And, and this is the reality. And people need to. Um, I think that I got it. Uh, I think the website is Truth on Weed. <laughs> I think that I think that's the name of it. It's a okay. great website, just giving some really good scientific information on this. Um, we have some information on our. I think it's on our Facebook page, David, at uh, WI Family Action um, Facebook page. There was a great one-hour seminar that an expert on this subject uh, did, and we were given permission to put that out there by our, our peers in Pennsylvania. I encourage people to go listen to that. I think it will be very, very helpful and educational no matter where you live in this country. Well, I've got a personal story to share real quick, and I've shared this before. It's been a while, and, and I am still open to facts the research, I'm open to the truth when they do these studies on marijuana. But my sister and brother-in-law were killed by a driver in Michigan, 21-year-old, who was passing a string of cars on a two-lane uh, highway in lower Michigan. And uh, they were 24 years old. They were both killed probably instantly because they were thrown. They were on a motorbike, and they were Ugh. thrown and uh, apparently broke broke their necks but so that was my sister her name was linda um the guy was uh 
smoking pot apparently and he tried to hide it at the scene he on the side of the road there was a sleeping bag lit on fire and apparently he put his the rest of his pot in the sleeping bag but so i have a personal story on this marijuana does affect you um the guy probably wasn't all uh, you know aware of everything or being able to see everything when he's passing this string of cars he was probably speeding and that goes way, that goes decades back for me. But I've never been. I've never smoked pot in my life. I, I never will. I understand medically. Um, there's other things you can do with oils and with with herbs and other things if you don't want to take uh, prescribed medicines, you know, pills. But uh, yeah, so that's my experience with this. So I'm I'm very cautious when I hear let's legalize marijuana you know in yeah. state by state so this is what's happening but it is a drive uh, crash handed me a note do you know anything about the possibility of losing the right to conceal and carry uh, because of marijuana use um, I don't I have not heard it directly attributed to that but um, so I'm not sure about that but hey you know that's another whole issue let's take all our guns away so in addition to everything else let's have no way to protect ourselves yeah. in general well that's the way we're going anyway if we continue to let the elite yeah, uh, exactly progressive elites rule um, we just have three more minutes left Jelaine and uh, we can continue this on the other side of the break, but we also want to talk about protecting women's sports. And then we'll get to the FDA-approved abortion pill, which uh, girls can take without even seeing a doctor in person. But let's talk about – we have been talk, uh, talking about this issue. And, again, protecting girls competing against boys, that is a surface issue. The underlying issue is rejecting the truth of God and creation. Go ahead. Your thoughts on that. Well, it has, look, I have maintained that you're absolutely right, David. When we talk about this transgender craze, all right, it is one of the final slaps in the face, if you will, of our thrice holy God who created mankind, male and female, distinctly male and female, and saying to him, you are evil, you are bad, you've trapped a man in a woman's body, you've trapped a woman in a, bat, in a man's body or whatever, and, and it, is, it is total blasphemy. It is a rejection of the created order that God gave us. And and think of about think about how important that is. That strikes at the core of who we are as people. Hmm. The the most the most basic identity we have as human beings is our sexual uh, gender. And I I hesitate to use the word gender because they redefine gender to mean something that's fluid, right? That right. moves from maleness to femaleness or beyond maleness and femaleness uh, into what nothingness right <laughs> yeah but and, and so but but god created us distinctly male and female and so yeah this is the the protecting women's sports is i'm going to tell you what what they've done with this though david is evil always overreaches right mm-hmm. they overreach with this one because they have made even liberals mad with this one and seriously think about this we have feminists now who have fought for decades to level the playing field you know not to be cute about the sports thing but but truly to level the playing field when it comes to athletics to give them an opportunity to compete at the highest levels in the athletic world Hmm. on a fair playing field Hmm. so that they can qualify for scholarships and they can go into the olympics and they can you know win championships and awards and, and really excel in their sport and now they're saying well you know there's no difference between a man who identifies as a woman and a biological woman oh but it, well the minute the man starts on you know the testosterone suppressing hormones or you know has surgeries or whatever baloney just baloney all right yeah. but the what the man who what the man has done who's done that is probably completely d- disfigured his his anatomy forever irreversibly and has probably so messed up his internal system with his hormone system that it he'll never be the same again but it doesn't change the fact that biologically men are stronger than women and compete in sports in a totally different plane it is just really the the, the moral relativism it, it, again on steroids it's it's yeah. really amazing the uh cognitive dissonance some people have about this not wanting to to recognize this it's like there it's there's this blindness there's this denial um we've got to take a break julian we've got so much more to cover when we come back uh we'll continue this topic a few more things to say about it uh it's not just about sports it's about privacy in dressing rooms and locker rooms for girls 
and young women. And we, uh, boy, we're just heading into some dangerous territory here. But when we come back, the FDA-approved abortion bill. Also, a couple moves by the Biden administration that are that should be a concern to Christians and freedom-loving Americans. Next on Stand Up for the Truth. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com/podcast. Now back to Stand Up for the Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. All right, we've got the family e-connection from Wisconsin Family Action. Uh, Julianne Apple. Update on her health is in there, plus uh, Wisconsin's policy on the FDA-approved abortion bill, which is our next topic, and also how to talk about the harmful effects of pornography. And what, a couple of headlines before we get back to the—we got to finish up this conversation. Some interesting information on this. Um, good news, friends. The NBA ratings are near historic lows. People are tuning out because of the politics, because of Black Lives Matter, and because of LeBron James. So good news that people are watching less professional sports, as they should. Also, the Arizona governor declares a state of emergency at the southern border. I think the Texas governor already did. You're not going to hear that in the liberal activist media. And out in Portland, they're rioting. And some of the riots, they're, they're still causing chaos for whatever reason. They don't need a reason. But they attacked a church broke the windows of a church that feeds the homeless, and also attacked a boys and girls club, which is really sad. So this is what Antifa and Black Lives Matter are doing, Portland, Seattle, and other places in the country. They're not going to stop. We just have to recognize that. Julaine, back to this uh, medical marijuana topic. Uh, We were talking with Crash, and there's a law, I guess on the books in a few states, that you cannot have a concealed carry license and apply for medical marijuana card. You can't have both, apparently. And we talked about Emperor Evers here in Wisconsin. That would be his M.O. That would be his uh, motivation for wanting to pass the medical marijuana so that he wants to limit guns, he wants to limit concealed carry. What are your thoughts real quick? Well, what my initial thought is, if Governor Evers wants to kill his, the likelihood of marijuana being legalized for medicinal purposes here, that's the fastest way I know it, know to do it. Mm-hmm. Because the conservatives... There is a connection issue, but I do want to mention what we uh, warned you guys about recently. Alinda Harvey also put out an alert. She's with Mission America. And before we get into the FDA-approved abortion pill, um, the radical day of silence took place or is taking place today at many middle schools and junior high schools and high schools across the country. If you have kids in government-run anti-Christian public schools, if you have kids in public schools, ask them when they get home if their school participated, meaning were students silent to promote the LGBTQ agenda. This is put on by GLSEN, the Gay, Lesbian, Straight Education Network. This is nationwide. It's not just local or regional. And this is something that the NEA, the National Education Association, has been doing for years. It's the Day of Silence. It's an annual day where the kids in the classrooms are all bullied into being silent in the under the guise of supporting uh, the LGBT uh, community who are bullied, right? Who's being bullied today? I think it's those who would be conservative or speak up as a Christian. Um, now, bullying is wrong no matter who does it. Bullying is wrong, period. That being said, who's being framed as the victims almost constantly? The LGBTQ. So this is what's happening in your school today, the day of silence. I hope there are some schools that are not participating in this, but this is a nationwide push to promote this godless agenda of the radical day of silence and LGBTQ. Jelaine, if you heard any of that, could you comment uh, your thoughts on the day of silence? Oh, we've watched this since the beginning, David, and I am back. Looks good here for connection right now. I'm so glad you brought that up. It is today. Schools all across this country have bought into this lie. This is about affirming, normalizing, forcing acceptance of this aberrant lifestyle. Uh, Look, the scripture tells us it's wrong and it's sinful. And the the reality is it's harmful to people. Yes. Ultimately, it is harmful to people. It hurts people. And yet we have school districts playing into this and and championing these, these agendas um, you know, I'll tell you what, schools that push the transgender agenda, in my opinion, 
are guilty of child abuse. Yes, and I so agree. on the day of silence, when they celebrate all of this foolishness, it is it is truly wrong for school districts to do it. But I know very few school districts anywhere in the country who have stood up and said, we will not be doing that here. They're going along with it. They're, they, yeah. They've been going along with it since 1995. Yes, exactly. And parents need to wake no, up. I'm so, sorry. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm just going to be a straight talker here. Parents, you better wake up. You better understand what's being if it's not being taught in curriculum, you can bet it's being programmed in some other ways in your child's school. That's one of the main things I hear that's so irritating. Oh, it might be happening around the country. It might be happening in Madison or Milwaukee. It's not happening in my son or daughter's school. Um, maybe it's not because there are some schools, but it's a minority of schools that are not doing this. Jelaine, before we get into the FDA-approved abortion pill, I've been teasing that for like a half hour. Uh, uh, we had Kevin Sorbo on the other day, and uh, he's in a brand new film called Miracles Happen Every... Actually, no, wait a minute. The, fa- the film is called uh, The Girl Who Believes in Miracles. And it's in theaters now. It's a family-friendly film about a Christian girl who starts praying for, you know, a dead bird and then starts praying for people. Uh, It's a family-friendly film. It's in theaters today. Uh, Check it out. It's been in for a couple weeks, but it's Kevin Sorbo stars in it. If you want to check out that podcast, look up uh, uh, from Wednesday. Julaine, um, the FDA-approved abortion pill is concerning not only is a pill that does what it does a concern, but now apparently they're using the COVID, the Rona virus as an excuse for young girls to be able to take this pill without seeing a doctor in person. Your thoughts? Well, look, this is telemedicine and Wisconsin took action, as have a number of states. They took action years ago to say, all right, we are not going to allow that to happen in our state. If a woman is going to take the very potent, very powerful um, and risky RU486, which is what we're talking about here, the the abortion-inducing drug, Mm -hmm. um, they have to see a physician. It has to be an in-person visit rather than something that's done over the Internet. And, you know, the the prescription, no interaction... And then there is a prescription that pops up through a drawer and the woman gets a prescription. Um, the F- we've known that the FDA was dallying around with this and now they've done it uh, using, again, as you said, David, COVID as a cover, yeah. an excuse. And the politiz- politicization of this virus is reprehensible on so many levels. Yeah. But look, the one thing that we think um, and we've been told is in states like ours in Wisconsin, and if you live in a state, folks, that has a rule, a law like we do, we were told that the FDA ruling would not trump the law that is in place in our state. So um, now I haven't had time to go in depth to make sure of that, but I haven't seen anything that blatantly countermanded that. Hmm. So, um, but but what, what we're talking about here, David, is a, this is RU486, is incredibly potent. It's a two-step drug and um, it has some risk to it. It has risk to the woman, you know, and, and we pro-lifers often get accused, do we not, of not caring about women. I'll tell you, the people who care the least about women are the pro-choice, pro-abortion people hmm. because abortion comes with risk for the woman. Yeah. A lot of risks. And we've, we've really listed uh, many, many, many uh, effects of having an abortion, and they are long-term from uh, what studies have come out now on the long-term effects. They, it might start out with um, guilt. It might start out with regret. It might start out with depression, um, and then it might go to something like um, the self-punishment. Some young girls are, are so guilty, they start having uh, unprotected sex just to punish themselves. And those kinds of relationships, they get into uh, those kinds of relationships because they don't like the, you know, they might not admit it to people, but they don't like the decision. They're guilty over it, over killing their baby. And so they take it out on their own bodies and cutting depression, leading to suicide attempts. You can look this up, friends. You won't hear it in the mainstream media. You won't hear it from uh, in the public schools, the effects and the really you would use the word anguish of having an abortion. That would be a really a good word to use that's really, I think, it's anguish pictures a lot when you're talking about the regret, the guilt, the, the what a, a young woman or girl feels 
You can shove it down. You can deny those feelings. But this is what they go through. Of course, what do I know? I'm a man. But there are studies on this. Look it up. Don't take my word for it. There are studies on this. We've written about it for years. And um, anyway, it was great to have Julianne Appling on with us again. We'll connect with her again, God willing, next month. Wisconsin Family Council, Wisconsin Family Action. You can sign up for her newsletter, her Family E-Connection, which uh, goes right to your inbox. Um, we've got two minutes left. One thing we didn't get a chance to get to was the, um, the new order. Yeah, I'm no surprise what the Biden administration is doing. 50-plus, it might be in the 60s now, executive orders or declarations that the Biden administration is making. We knew. We knew this was coming. We just didn't know what would happen in the first 100 or more days of his presidency that they were trying to ram through some of this godless and progressive legislation and the, some of these things they're doing. No surprise, but kind of alarming that there's not enough pushback because we don't have a voice in the media. Um, so Biden issued public school critical race theory order. I don't have time to get into it today, but I've got an article. This one um, we just picked up today, uh, the Epic Times. There's something at the Gateway Pundit. There's other publications that are talking about this, uh, PJ Media, PJ TV. Biden set to push critical race theory on U.S. schools. Um, this is an ethical issue. As you know, critical race theory is a, is a godless anti-Christian agenda. And we've got, by the way, look up our podcast a couple weeks ago with Dr. Corey Miller on critical race theory, and you'll get all the information you need on that concerning uh, philosophy that is godless. So here's a quote from Dr. Jake Jacobs, and we'll wrap up this segment today on this, the news of Biden's push to uh, get the public schools forced to teach this. Some, some of them already are. It's already in there. He wants to make it national. Dr. Jake Jacobs said, I have been teaching U.S. history in some form or fashion since 1978. I've always taught the good, the bad, and the ugly of our exceptional nation. Critical race theory is not only deplorable, twisted history, it is itself racist and feeding hatred into the hearts and minds of our youth. President Biden is mandating this garbage in our public schools. He is destroying our republic End quote. Thank you, Dr. Jake Jacobs. And it is by design. It is by design, friends. We knew it was coming. I'll look up info on the Great Reset and what they are doing in such a short amount of time. But look up because these are some of the signs of the end times and our redemption is drawing near. So is the return of Christ. When we come back, we'll give you a peek on what's going to take place next week on Q90 FM and Stand Up For The Truth. Stand Up For The Truth, a ministry of Lakeshore Communications Incorporated. Keep the discussion going on social media. Stand Up WI on Facebook and Twitter. Now we wrap up today's Stand Up For The Truth. Monday we have Pastor Shane Eidelman of Westside, uh, I think it's Westside Christian Church in Southern California. Uh, he's been on a sabbatical. He's back and we can't wait to catch up with Pastor Shane. Uh, next Friday, Chris Quintana Quintana this is going to be in studio. He's in town for the Prophecy Conference. But Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday next week is Stand Up For The Truth fundraiser and Q90FM fundraiser called QDrive. You can donate at standupforthetruth.com slash donate, but that's next Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. No new podcast because that's what we do. We raise money for the next six months. So thank you guys. God bless you. And as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.